Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Ben, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Rosie O'Meara, the Chief Revenue Officer at Ground Truth, talks about the intersection of online shoppers and in-store shoppers, and how smart brands stay aware of this activity. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I am your happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships. It's so great to be here. And your co-host, ladies and gentlemen, you know that, or maybe you don't, is the first time you're listening. We have been growing in our listenership. Thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for finding us, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you also for your kind words in person. Now, as I'm going to these conferences, you are coming up to me and my co-host and telling us so many great things that you listen to us, where you listen to us, when you listen to us, some of that some of those stories are weird, not going to lie, but I appreciate you coming up to us, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just listening to us, we are Starista. We are the company that puts on the podcast. Let's talk about us for just like 12 seconds. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data, as well as the technology that pushes it out. If you're looking for email marketing or a DSP, we own our own DSP. We could do connected TV, display Call me or email me, more likely, at vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave you my email address, and boy, are you using it. The other thing I'm confident in, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're tuning into us via YouTube right now because AJ's looking sharp, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite people in the entire world. I mean that. He knows it. He look, he's looking good with his blue blazer and the pop of orange. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I appreciate the flattery. It's a good start to the week. Isn't it a great start? Yeah, you know, uh, it'd be nice one time to return that favor, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. It never happens, but I know secretly, AJ, your admiration for me, but it's all good. I'm always, I'm always flattering people, and I mean it. It's you know, you probably get this question a lot. I was like, is he really like this all the time? Is this genuine? Uh, yeah, it is. I am genuinely like this. It's, it shocks people and annoys people, I'm sure. But I hope I don't annoy you too much, AJ. I get to see you in a couple weeks. Good, sir. You're coming to New York City. The city, this is your second city. We love you here in New York. So, uh, you know, big plans coming. Uh, you gotta, what are you doing here in New York when you get here? I'm there actually for an investor conference on uh, how to take the company public. So it's not just for me, but it's like a seminar type thing. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I'm told the uh, food will be good based on my critique of the last conference I was in. Uh, that was one of the ways in which they sold me this conference. Uh, nice. Yeah. Other than that, you know, it's like, I don't know how fun that sounds, but at least the food's going to be good and you as a CEO. You'll learn a lot. And yes, because, and, and uh, I didn't tell you this, I didn't address this with you, but I knew you were going to do this. I, you, we were at that conference and the food was weak. 
the, the, the food <laughs> game was weak, and I said to you, AJ, you said, should I post it? I said, no, don't post about it. And then when I got back from that conference, I was at a smaller networking event, and one of the attendees at the Marketing Club of New York event said to me, how was the conference? I heard the food sucked. I said, how did you know that? They said, AJ posted something about it. I said, he didn't. I told him not to. But of course, you did it anyway. And so now... I, I, I waited for about four hours after you said no, but uh, eventually that photo kept staring me in the face, and I just had to share with the world. I did not mention the conference by name, and so, you know, there's some things to be said about That's that. That's okay. That's a give and take. There's a give and take there, which, which we appreciate. But the conference was in full effect. Looking forward to more of them. And speaking of a conference, I met this next guest at a conference. And, but I, I think she remembers it. Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit. She would have been my literal neighbor if she stayed in New York City. It's a, sort of a, you know, sore subject but she's you know, on to bigger and better things there in Connecticut, but we're so happy to have her. Highly recommended this next guest. Our current, you know, our current co-workers, uh, our current co-worker's wife works with her. Shout out to Jackie Karras. And we're not only that, a great guest that we have coming up, but the company. You keep hearing about this company, ladies and gentlemen. You keep hearing about it. It's Ground Truth. Check them out. Ground Truth. We'll tell you more about it later. But let's welcome in the Chief Revenue Officer of Ground Truth, ladies and gentlemen, a warm marketing stir. Welcome to Rosie O'Meara. What's going on, Rosie? Hi. Thanks for having me. I just learned never to pick a restaurant with you two. That's a lot of pressure. It is. It is a lot of pressure. I've done it I think seven times and I may have been right once and he's got it, you know, once. And yeah, he's not shy. He will personally leave you a Yelp review to I yourself. Yeah. And via text. Noted. Yeah. So don't, uh, don't pick a restaurant for Mr. AJ Gupta. He's become, uh, you know, a food connoisseur, but no, in all honesty, the food game at this conference and if our, you know, rabid listeners, they might know the conference because we've mentioned it prior uh, in a prior episode. Yeah, it was weak. It, it, it was uh, pretty weak. But, you know, the conference was fun. But right. Rosie, do you remember meeting at the conference, uh, which course. was very good food at that conference? That was during ad week, right? It was ad week. Yes, of course I do. And one, of, I feel like one of the first ones where we were back out doing like a sponsorship activation and feeling like it was really well attended. So yeah, yeah. Always and good to see people in person. Absolutely. And then we discovered you and I, we had never met before uh, until that conference, but we were talking and you used to live right, you know, we used to live close to each other in New York City. Yes. And uh, we were like, knowing we were talking about all the spots and the restaurants that we like that who knows if AJ would like, but we we're, we're sharing our, our stories and, you know, we would have, our kids would have went to the same school. I know. That, that would have been, how fun would that have been? But you are on to bigger, better things. I was complimenting you on your office space there and uh, natural light. I was like, I live in a, in a building in New York City. I'm like, what that, what is that like? You have room and you have space and you have natural light. So that is uh, always great. So you're doing your thing up there. I know you still miss the city, but you're doing your thing. You're having fun up there and we'd like yeah. to hear that. So, Rosie, let's get right into it. I've been hearing a ton about Ground Truth. We have, 
uh, you know, employees' wives here who work there. They love it. We have, you know, people who work here, been talking about Ground Truth. Uh, tell us in your own words about Ground Truth, what you do there, as well as your role within the organization. Yeah, it's so good to hear that, you know, we're creating some buzz and we have some um, mutual coworkers in common, people I've worked with in past lives. So it's a small world as always. Um, so Ground Truth is a media company and we use real world behavior to activate media to drive real world business results. Um, so when we say real world behavior, we mean things like location, purchase data, things that happen in the real world versus online. Um, and when we say real business results, we mean really any business outcome that our advertisers care about. So now what we care about is what they care about, right? That could be a video view, engagement with their ad, sales lift, a store visit. I would say visits is driving, um, driving visits is really what we're most famous for. Um, and my role as chief revenue officer is just a fancy title for sales, Vincent. Um, so I lead all of sales across our different business units, which also actually includes weather bug revenue. So that's that's what I do at Ground Truth. Very interesting. And Rosie, talk to me about, we always love this question. It's one of our signature questions here at the Marketing Stir. Talk to us about how you got into this business, this crazy world of marketing and, and marketing technology. And, you know, tell us the path. Was it, was it a straight path? I studied this and here I am? Or completely different? Yeah, we all studied ad tech, right? We all knew exactly we'd all end up here. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those industries where no one starts here. Um, so I've really always been in sales, I feel like. I spent most of my career in a sales role. Um, but my first actual job was actually as an executive assistant to a CEO in this industry. Um, and I'm kind of from that school of thought of like, get really good at the job you have, whatever job it is, no matter how junior it might seem, nothing's beneath you. Um, and then be smart and listen for when the opportunities come and take them as they come. So I got my first sales job at that same company. It was called ITN and continued to sort of go where the industry was going. So I went from a TV digital hybrid role to digital to mobile um, and then started taking on leadership roles sort of organically, I would say. Um, I found myself at a mobile startup called Zap360, which got acquired by Altice, which is where our connections um, fit in. And at Zap, I did everything from build a team to close our first deals, um, eventually becoming their CEO. I actually negotiated that promotion while I was in labor with my third child. Um, like, I'm not coming back unless you give me this title, um, which is always a fun story to look back on and then help sell it to Altice, which is one of the largest cable companies. So I feel like kind of this long winding road of like just saying yes to crazy things and kind of figuring them out later. Or is he talking about uh, having children? You know, there there aren't that many young female executives in our industry that would love to uh, hear from your own word what your experience has been like and what do you recommend to young female who are getting into the industry? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I get asked the question, like there's a secret answer and there's, it's just work, just work hard and figure it out. Um, I was in a situation where I joined this startup, which was so much work and 
got married right before that and wanted to have kids. And it was like, can I have kids at the same time as like running this startup? And it's like, yeah, you can figure it out. You know, if you want all these things, you'll find a way to do them. Um, and it just sort of works out. And I think you learn to multitask and you learn to sort of compartmentalize. I think, um, you know, the question of like what it's like to be a woman in a leadership role, I was kind of waiting for this question because I, my answer to it is always that one of the hard things about being a woman in this industry is constantly getting asked what it's like to be a woman <laughs> in this industry versus getting to focus on the business questions. But I know why it's being asked and I know why it's important. Um, I think the other kind of honest answer is like, I've been really lucky to not feel held back by that. I think for me, it's like, keep moving, focus what I can control. Um, I also have pretty thick skin, I would say. So when people underestimate me, I try to use that, right? Like maybe people will give me better feedback because they're not intimidated by me. Or maybe, you know, there's a way that I can kind of gain trust and kind of use it to my advantage. So I think it's about overcoming it by working with it. Um, and I'm sure along the way, there are people that don't take me seriously, but that's their problem. <laughs> if I can just answer it that way. Awesome. Well, the other question I have for you, uh, this is a challenge for any sales leader, I think, and personally for me, it's the biggest challenge is managing a sales team and uh, motivating sales teams. So what's your philosophy and strategy in managing and motivating salespeople? Yeah, it's it's so important. I think that it's like getting the most out of people, right? It's, you know, how do you manage and motivate people to get the, the most out of every individual um, I'm not perfect at it. I think there's always something we can learn. Um, I, I would love to ask you the same question for some tips and tricks, but I think what I've learned so far is that understanding each individual's motivation is really important. Um, I was actually told today, I'll be real honest with you guys, that I don't praise enough. Um, so I'm going to work on that, right? It doesn't come naturally to me but it's a really good example of someone on my team telling me what they need. And now it's my responsibility to figure out how to meet that need. We're really big on, um, on tests like Enneagram numbers and strength finder assessments and trying to understand sort of where everybody's coming from. I'm a three in the Enneagram, I'm an achiever. You know, it's, it's less important that I understand that about myself, but more important that I understand what everyone else's number is. So I know how to play into it. Another book I would recommend um, or exercise I would recommend is this book called The Six Working Geniuses. We actually just read it as an executive team and I'm having my team read it. And it helps you understand the things that you're good at and you like doing, you're bad at and you like doing, um, you, you know, all that sort of matrix and everything in between and sort of what parts of work are your strengths. And so you can kind of see how you fit into your team. So I think that like it creates empathy, it creates better partnerships. Like the more of that kind of thing you can find to try to understand each other um, and just remember like you're not leading a team, you're leading a group of individuals. So you have to dig in and meet them where they are to get the best out of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, a complete sense. And our listeners, uh, you know, firsthand, they tell me they love book recommendations. So thank you for that. Rosie, I want to get back to something you mentioned. You're talking about location data, visitation data, 
That's something we don't hear all the time. That is a specialty of ground truth. Talk to us about the value of that. Yeah, um, I think, you know, to start with, we talk about in-store and visitation data. Um, by the way, my favorite topic, you're going to have to cut me off at some point. I think it starts with like the shopping behavior itself, right? For Ground Truth, um, you know, our bread and butter has been advertisers that are trying to drive people to a place, a store, a restaurant, a location. Um, that's a broad definition when you really look at it and our categories run across the board, but it's about behavior in the physical world. Um, I think it starts with understanding shopping behavior. So the smartest brands that we work with are trying to figure out the intersection between an online shopper and an offline shopper. And most customers are both. Most people are both at different times for different reasons, right? So like over half of shoppers have visited a store and then bought online. And it's even higher percent percentage that research online and then buy in store. Right, like you're thinking about your own shopping behavior, hopefully, like as I'm mm -hmm. saying that, and it makes sense, right? So it's about understanding both. And for brands, it's about catering to both. So the factors that bring people through the door are, you know, they want to avoid shipping costs, there's in-store discounts, there's in-store experiences. There are some sort of higher ticket items where you just want to interact with the products before you commit to a decision. And it's about how to get people in store if that's a valuable customer to you. Um, there's one sort of like insight I love to cite, which is one of the retailers in the country that we work with um, tells us that actually their most valuable customer is someone who shops both in online and in store. And they know that, right? So it's like catering to them at different times for different products and services. Um, you know, a simple smart idea that, that I've seen a lot of retailers do is, you can return items in store that you bought online. So simple, but smart, right? I wanna return this and now it's easier for me to go to the store than to package it up and go to UPS. And that's another interaction for that retailer because they got someone in store for that. And now they're probably gonna buy something else while they're there. Um, when it comes to building the mass audiences, because we're media, right? That's what we do. We activate media using real world behavior based on where people actually go is way more accurate and meaningful than audiences that are built on search behavior or social behavior, right? Vincent, you and I talked about this at length. Like those online data points are just more passive and fluid and fickle. Um, and so we believe, you know, the effort it takes you to drive or walk to a store or a restaurant is just so much more compelling than the effort to like, like something on social or check out a website um, it really just doesn't compare. So the, the places you go in the real world is who you really are and represents the markets you're really in. Uh, I told you, you're going to have to cut me off. <laughs> no, this is good stuff. And you were totally right when you were talking, Rosie, where I was like, I was thinking about what type of shopper am I? And I, I'm, I'm a little bit of both. I, I do both. I am spoiled here in New York City just to be able to walk. And there's like, you know, 73 retail stores on like one street. You know, so I, I do a lot of that. I like the in-person. I also uh, am uh, a big mom and pop shop fan. You know, I try to buy local there as much as I could. But yeah, I was kind of thinking about that as soon as you're talking. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit of both. I am valuable. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, valuable. <laughs> I am valuable. See, there's that praise. There's that praise you're talking about. You just it did it. glad to get in there that you have every store you want in New York City, knowing that I don't live there anymore. Yeah. I'm glad to get that in. We're trying to get you back in New York City here. We, we need people. You know, we need great people, great leaders back here in New York City. 
So, uh, you know, try to convince AJ to move or at least get a pied a terre. That's a new word I learned as my wife and I are looking at apartments to buy. They're like, oh, this is someone's pied a terre. I'm like, really? Just an extra apartment? They pay a lot of money for it? Awesome. Must be nice. Anyway, uh, Rosie, talk to us about, you know, the last few years, right? Some of the challenges, how you overcame those, because the last few years, not as much as that of that store traffic still there and very equally important because you go to that store, you're really an avid buyer. Talk to us about some of the challenges and ways you overcame those over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it changed, it changed quite a bit overnight for us. Right. Um, I'm trying not to talk about the pandemic anymore, but we were a company whose whole tech stack was built on people going places and leaving their homes. So you can imagine the impact that had overnight um, in the internal challenges of sort of keeping the company strong and solid. And then the external challenge of like getting people to think of us differently and pivoting our tech to use it for different outcomes and different use cases. Um, one of the nice things about Ground Truth was we do have a really diversified uh, revenue team, right? So we have our agency business with big brands. We have our self-serve platform business that's smaller brands or smaller advertisers down to the mom and pops that you support, Vincent, and then big media companies that leverage our products. And so we had some diversification that kept, kept things nice and solid, um, but we also had to get really creative. So I'll give you one of my favorite examples, which was for our CPG brands. And that was being able to spin up a brand new product really quickly, where instead of measuring in-store visits because they weren't happening, we could measure visits to the curbside pickup lane. And that was hugely valuable for CPG and actually ended up being something that we could go sell to other types of customers because every retailer sort of followed suit and figured out that they could do that. Um, and that was something that we sort of really quickly spun up overnight directly as an answer to a challenge that our customers were having. Um, I think it was like a good muscle to flex too, because we had been, you know, as an industry, we're kind of been doing the same things for a while here, right? Like iterating a little bit off of what we've been doing for years. And it forced, you know, the good companies to get really smart and come up with solutions. And I think working out that muscle over COVID is, has just made us more flexible and stronger and more solution oriented and more strategic. Um, and we're in a really good spot now. I mean, the revenue growth certainly shows that we're sort of back in action and um, a really solid internal company. I feel like our team is the best it's ever been too. So it's, it's been a road. It's been an interesting time to be at a company, you know, based on physical location data, but the, the good companies get stronger, right? In those times. That's awesome, Rosie. I actually picked up, uh, I'd never used Uber Eats until during the pandemic and now I have a problem. So uh, there's definitely been changes in people's uh, buying behavior and patterns. Did you use QR codes before? I did not, no. I would just stare at it and then during Super Bowl I saw there were so many ads now that are entirely QR code based. Crazy. I used to make fun of QR codes and here we are. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, you know, what is coming up for Ground Truth? What's exciting for 2023? 
Yeah. Um, 2023 is so weird to say. Um, so we launched CTV about a year ago. I know you guys are in the CTV space too. So you understand the opportunity there and that there's still just so much momentum um, with CTV. So we have, we have more to do there to make sure that we have a best in class product in market. Um, and it's been really rewarding to see us expand into something that wasn't our sort of endemic world and prove our value in a new space. Um, and for 2023, we are actually announcing a new audience methodology at MMA here in a few weeks. Hopefully you guys are gonna be there um, that we affectionately call GOAT, which stands for Ground Truth On Device Audience Targeting, um, which is gonna be pretty game-changing given what's ahead for us in sort of the privacy enhancing technology space. So super excited about that. Are you guys gonna be there? We're planning on it, but now we feel like we need to. I know. Tell us where. Where's that? Tell us about the show. Let's give show them some love. It's in Miami. It's in Miami, April. Um, MMA possible. So. Oh, okay. You know what? I've been hearing about that show a lot. I didn't realize it was the same show. Yeah. So I think we are actually planning on it because we've been told by at least twenty people we need to be there. So. There you go. Nice. And Miami in April for a Northeaster, that's nice. Texas, you might, you know, it's like it's that weather all the time, AJ. But yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah. Then, Vincent, you'd be with two people that don't praise you enough. So there's that problem, too. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to it. So, Ruthie, on a more kind of a personal note, what is your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job um, is this when I talk about how brilliant my CEO is, Vincent. I think you taught me that earlier. Yeah, you you could, you know, or uh, you know, you give a lot of praise, Rosie. The last time I talked to you, you were telling me about this rock star on your team, this rock star. So I don't know. We didn't record. We didn't record that, but uh, you know, yeah, you you could. If it's up to you, if your CEO, if he or she is a uh, you know a rock star, go for it. That's true. We do, we I really think we do have the best executive team, excluding myself. And my team is the best team I've ever worked with. So, um, see, I give them praise behind their backs. That's my mm -hmm. style. Yeah, not anymore. This is that. It's it's recorded. It's here. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for for giving me credit on that. Um, yeah, I, it's the team for sure. The best part of my job is my team. Um, I think you know. I, the other thing I would say is like more generally like what I, you know, that's that matrix of what I like doing. I think when we spend our time solving problems, like solving problems that felt like five minutes ago, this was impossible. There was no answer. And now we all got together and figured it out. Um, that is really rewarding. I think, you know, the example I gave with curbside audiences and curbside pickup was a good example of that, but I don't think that would exist without the right team. So full circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, the team and then I, I uh, AJ is a, a great leader. He actually just lets, you know, he lets me be myself. And that's, uh, that's all you can ask for. He's, he's like, oh, there's something there with this guy. Like, let him just do his thing. So, that, yeah, that's up to you, AJ. You let me be myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think my uh, wife and you, uh, well, my, my, your wife and me are saints. Yes. Well, a lot of people say that, you know, they're like, for putting up with me, I get that. My wife gets it a lot. They're like, this dude is a little much, a bit much is, uh, was my, you know, my nickname 
but I'm kidding. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm, come on. I have a fun time. Anyway. You're the right amount. You're just the right amount. Just the right amount. I'm just like, just the right amount. Thank you, Rosie. So let's talk about, I, I want to talk about, you know, I, I, you mentioned a lot of great things, but let's just get some more meat and potatoes there about how ground truth separates itself from the competitors. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot out there, right? I think, um, a couple of things. One is, and I'm sort of learning this as I go and seeing who we're up against or who we can kind of compare ourselves to. And it's an ever-changing list, right? Your competitive set changes, not, not only in the market, but based on what customer you're talking to. Um, so it's been really interesting to kind of figure out how to stand apart and really prove value. Um, one of the main things is that we do targeting, media activation, and measurement all under the same roof. And I think that that has been really valuable to our customers because they're not having to go to three different companies to cobble together a full solution for their campaigns. We make it really easy. Um, and when we have all three of those under one roof, it allows us to optimize and it allows us to sort of have a holistic approach to running campaigns. So that's the first thing. Um, a feather in our cap that I would be remiss not to point out is our MRC accreditation. Um, which was blood, sweat, and tears for my team to get through. It's not an, an easy process by any means, but it was super worth it and validating to sort of have someone else grade our homework. Um, and, you know, our foundational tech stack is accredited by a third party that's really highly respected in the industry. It also, I was talking to my CTO about this the other day, we were talking about sort of the process that we went through. And we're like, it forced us to ask ourselves hard questions about our tech. And it forced us to have to dig in and really think about like, oh, could this be better? Could this methodology be smarter? Um, and really kind of kind of kick the tires on things that maybe we haven't looked at in a couple of years in our foundational tech stack. So that's a big one. Um, and then I think maybe a tactical one on the measurement side when we are measuring visits and reporting, um, you know, in-store visits as an outcome, that measurement is based on a deterministic model. And a lot of our competitors are reliant on models and reliant on probabilistic methodology. So that has been a really nice thing to point to, especially as our advertisers are like, we need ROI. We need to eliminate waste. We need to know that these results are real um, you know, everybody's kind of tightening up the, the spending these days. So having that kind of deterministic model in our back pocket to really be able to say, nope, this person saw the ad and that same person went to your store um, is just a really, really solid thing to point to also. And you know what? We're always looking for new ways to differentiate. And I think it's like going to be ever changing. You don't get to sit. You don't get to sit back in this industry, do you? No, not, not at all. It's ever ever changing and then there's more competition that comes up and you know in in sales and partnerships and in business development it feels like all right you did great job and boom just do it all over again you know yeah. create, create it all over again uh you mentioned some of the challenges that you know you, you you deal with there in your own position right you know chief revenue officer is not an easy position what are some of the challenges that you know you have faced you're facing and ways you're overcoming those? Yeah, I think, um, you know, to your earlier question, keeping your team motivated and, and the people part is always hard and sort of always ongoing. Um, I think the other one that's 
just an always kind of evergreen thing to manage is competing priorities. So I mentioned earlier, you know, we have a nice diversified business and several different sales teams and revenue streams, and that's awesome for the business. It's a lot to manage on a day-to-day. And there's a lot of like, this fire is burning, go over there. This fire is burning, go over there. You're never going to be able to give every piece of it all your attention, right? Um, So it's the reason for the strong position we're in, but it also makes it hard to focus and you get pulled in a lot of directions. So I'm learning, um, I'll give you another book, I'll give you another book recommendation, look at me, Um, called The Dip, which is about how to know when to quit doing something, whether it's a project or not a job, we won't talk about that, but you know, a project or something that you're doing that isn't working. And it's this concept of, we're in the dip. Should you just keep going because it's worth it? Or is this just burning time and energy and a distraction cost? And I think that's been a good one to kind of gut check and say, what are the things that we're doing right now that actually don't need this much time and energy or actually won't be worth it in our distraction cost um, projects or strategies or whatever. And then also how to just compartmentalize different parts of the business and go, this is where I'm needed this week and being okay with letting some other balls drop from time to time. Again, when you have a great team, they don't let the balls drop, they go pick them up. So I think it's like prioritization, if that makes sense. Rosie, I'm sure you get a lot of LinkedIn messages. So this is one of our staple questions. And the question is, you know, what's the message that gets a response from you? And the other question is, what's one that really annoys you? I love this question. I know you guys do this question. Um, I think short and sweet is always better. Um, If there's paragraphs, I almost just can't even like read it. I think the sooner you get to the value, the better, like the sooner the value is clear, the better. And then I think it's always good to reference something that you read about ground truth that shows you took the time. And this isn't just a blast. Like you took the two minutes to go look up our latest press release or something we've said in market and reference it, that will usually get a response from me because um, it just shows effort, right? Um, the only thing I really can't stand is typos. I just don't think it's that hard. And I really have a problem with typos. Do you all agree with me? Does that make me a mean person? No, it, it's, a, it's a first though. It's uh, some people like, have mentioned, you know, to get get the person's name right or the font. Oh, yeah, but just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, just typos in general. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, of course, you know, people hate it. But, yeah, I, that might be an actual first, AJ. Yeah, you know, I was in grad school. I was teaching first-year English composition class, so I can totally empathize with Rosie's feelings. And the other one that drives me nuts is the uh, – your versus you are or their versus they yeah. apostrophe are so so i i'm with rosie yeah the the name gets me you know when they get the name wrong i the other, i said on the podcast the other day someone was like hey chris wh- yeah what do you feel i'm like chris hey, that's way off not victor not you know anything else like not i was like nope i said uh you got my name wrong no thanks that's what i i got back Chris, yeah, don't need to get your uh, last name wrong because I mean, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Pietro Fest. Look at that! I know you get the last name wrong. I give you a slide. You know, I give you a slide. The first name, come on. 
Chris? And it's not that hard, it's right? Chris. It's right there on the screen. You yeah. have you have the source.com, you have dictionary.com, you have spell check, you have so many tools at your disposal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, good. I'm glad you agree and I don't sound crazy. <laughs> you don't sound crazy. It, it, it is a first. It is a first, uh, the podcast, you know, but it, it is. Yeah, wait, wait till we're done editing and then we'll make Rosie sound Yeah, crazy. we'll make it seem crazy. No. <laughs> we're kidding. We're kidding. Uh, Rosie, so we like to get to know our guests on a personal level as well. So besides looking at location data, would love to know what else you like to do as a hobby or interest outside of work. Number one is looking at location data. Um, <laughs> I also have three children, so hobbies is kind of a funny word to me. <laughs> like, going to the grocery store alone is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Like that is a real thing. Um, when my kids aren't this tiny, I'm, I like traveling. I would go anywhere. I would go anywhere if I had a reason to. So that's one. Um, and then cooking. I like cooking. It's mm -hmm. kind of especially now that I'm not in New York City and don't have all those restaurants, it's kind of a nice, you know, zone out yeah. thing to do. Um, yeah, I think this this winter I got my kids skiing. I didn't grow up skiing, so I really wanted them to learn and they're really good at it, which is fun. So I think like watching my kids ski or using a theme emerge here. Um, yeah, those are some. And then, you know, I'll, first and foremost, location data. Yeah, your passion. It's my, my passion is data as well. I almost named uh, yeah my one of my children uh, data. So, uh, but so yeah, so Rosie. What, I, uh, what? One other question. Uh, uh, Steve Karras has been texting me, uh, and he would like to know whether Steve or Jackie is your favorite Karras. Ah, good question. No, I'm not. I don't even need to think about it. Jackie heads heads and shoulders. That wasn't even a pause. So yeah. Steve, if you ever do listen to your company's podcast, this uh, this would be the one to maybe, no, maybe don't listen to this. We, we give Jackie a few shout outs and uh, Rosie did not even hesitate to say that you were tell, on the uh, radar. Steve to skip this episode. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't uh, listen to this episode. Yeah, you know, uh, where did you grow up, Rosie? I grew up in North Carolina. I grew up, oh, in, yeah? grew up in Charlotte, yep. Yep. Yeah, Mama, I'm down in Charlotte a lot. That's where my wife's grandmother lives. We uh, we we go visit her uh, once a year. She's 97, so oh, we wow. go one, 97. Shout out to Pauline. She's not listening, you know. But yeah, we go visit her every once in a while. But you're right. It's like so funny. Someone the other day was like, "Oh, how, how was your vacation?" I was like, "It was a trip." When you have two kids, it's never a vacation. It's a trip. We went to we took a trip to Mexico. And the funny part about go the grocery store alone, it's like me and my wife will fight over, you know, the grocery store. When I go to the grocery store alone, I'm there for like an hour and 48 minutes. I'm over there just like, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm squeezing avocados. I'm taking my time when I go there. It is, uh, it is that's the vacation. Yeah, you get it. Alone. That's awesome. But first and foremost, location data. Rosie, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time. Check out Rosie O'Meara. Check out Ground Truth, ladies and gentlemen. Give them a shout out. Check out, uh, don't check out Steve Karras. No one cares about him. But thank you so much, Rosie, for being here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Rosie O'Meara. She's the Chief Revenue Officer of Ground Truth. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. 
That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.